All right. All this right. is Punt Pals episode six. I am Tom and I'm Jake. And we are the Pun Pals. Yeah. We're called Pun Pals because our names are sort of punish, aren't they? And look, now that we're up to episode six, I sort of feel like we should define ourselves a little bit here. Okay. Because this this podcast is sort of taking it's starting to form into something, right? Where I guess you could say it's about it's about your dating life. So dating. A little bit, yeah. It's about, uh, I guess, men's issues, I would say, a little bit. Oh, I mean, we just talk about what's going on in life. That, well, that's men's issues, sure. Yeah, well, we're, we're men. It's, yeah. It's issues. Can yeah. it be men's issues? Can we join those and make that a thing? All right. Why not? Men's right. issues. <laughs> that's what we are. And we talk about oh, what games, movies, that sort of stuff as well. Men's stuff. So I guess we're two typical guys from... South, southern Tasmania. Yeah. A island off of the south of Australia. Not in Africa. And last episode, we didn't get to do our review section. We, no, we, we didn't. We spent all that time talking about Mrs. Agreeable. Yeah. Um, how's it going, Mrs. Agreeable? Oh, uh, yeah. It's going all right. I bet it is. Yep. <laughs> but it's going fine. It's going fine. <laughs> has uh, has she put give you any pushback? Did you end up having the talk or? Not yet. No, we had a talk. Uh, for those who didn't listen last week, basically, Jake. The problem. The problem with Jake was that he was this new girl that he's dating. Basically, agrees with him on everything and is eager to please, but not really showing enough of herself. And by all accounts, I should be really happy with that. You know, oh, you've got someone that will just do whatever you say and want, but that's not what I want in a partner. No, of course not. Of course, you want you want somebody who um, gives you a little bit. Yeah. 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 Exactly. All right. So you haven't got much to say on that. No, nothing yet. I'll give you an update when I've got an update. Okay. Well, you may notice that our mics do sound slightly different. We we aren't in the studio today. Today we're on. I guess the cenotaph we call it, but it's basically like war a, memorial. Yeah, lookout area. We're currently looking towards the Tasman Bridge. It's a dreary night, and we're just sitting in the car. The recorder is in the back of the car. We're we're holding our mics in our hands. Um, looks a bit strange if you're walking past the car. I've got to admit that we sort of look like we're talking into two big black dildos or something like that. But oh, geez, uh, I would not have said that. <laughs> I, I would just say we're talking into two big black microphones. You've got headphones on. It looks like we're communicating with like a satellite dish or something with you know, just... someone across the river. Uh, maybe we're listening in. We look like why we look like FBI wiretappers. We do look a bit suspicious. I can't wait for the the knock at the side of the car from the policeman. I once had a knock at the side of the car from a policeman. What were you having sex in the car at the time? <laughs> I I was in the car with a girl, yeah. Um but we were parked um, in <laughs> Wentworth Car Park. So there's a park called Wentworth Park. Yeah. And they got a nice big car park. And it's about 10 o'clock at night. And this is at uni. And uh, this girl from my class, I've brought her back in the car. And we're parked in the middle of the car park. No one around. Um, you know, we're having a great time chatting and stuff. And I, she gets her top off. And we're, you know, heavily making out in the car. Mm-hmm. There's a tap on the window. And there's an old man there in a security uniform. He's like, oh, I've got to lock the gate. 
<laughs> Hurried up, mate. Yep. Yeah, and so we got we got to close the gate. Yep. He was probably sitting out there waiting for five minutes. Thinking, oh, gee, how long does this do guy it. take? It's usually just thirty seconds with me. What's um, going on? Yep. So uh, yeah, a little bit embarrassing. Kind of killed the moment, but I ended up mm. taking her home. And uh, yeah, no, it was, it was a good night. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Um, since we're, I might as well tell a sex story. One thing that I remember doing a lot when my late teens was um, I was dating this girl and we couldn't go to her house and we couldn't go to my house. So the majority of our sex life occurred on in the car on the side of the road. Um, you know, we just, we, we lived in the country. Mm. We just drive out to some, you know, remote mountaintop, head out there, spend a bit of time together. And it was great because uh, um, the you had a view as well, <laughs> which is, and we were pretty brash, you know, doors open, the car rocking, but nobody's going to hear you in the country. You don't have to worry right. about anything like that. Yep. Yeah, it was pretty glorious. Yeah. No, good, good old car sex. Mm. Do it somewhere. You can't be caught or there's no uh. gate <laughs> and you're fine. <laughs> just as long as there's no gate, you're fine. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you've got a view in, at home as well. That's why I like doing doggy style so much. <laughs> so you can like, look at them. It's like now we can both watch the footy position. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can just picture you watching TV. <laughs> I'll change the channel. You, you're the sort of person. I love this ad. <laughs> you constantly, uh, you're, you're quite strict about what you're watching. Like, um, I could just imagine you just fighting about what's on the television <laughs> at the same time. I, I I actually get really particular about the music if they if we have music on because oh. it's really distracting. I found that in my twenties, I couldn't. I mean, this is you know I'm a dad now, so I take whatever I can get. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I found in my twenties, I was certainly you know the, if the music rhythm was really, like, <laughs> what is this Latin beat? <laughs> Uh, What's going on? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What's the worst? What's the worst music? Uh, so you better not be something you can sing along to. <laughs> <laughs> worst music. Don't don't sing along during sex. That's uh, that's terrible. Yep. Mm. Uh, good times. <laughs> Great times. I don't want to be super filthy on the podcast. You no. know what I mean? But the, the temptation to tell you about, to, you know, Times long gone is is very high. I mean, I, I've got some killer dating stories from London. Oh, do we? Do you want to go there? Or, I, I'll give one. I'll give, give, us a, give us a taste. I'll give you the most bizarre date of my life. Okay. I don't know if I ever told you this. This is the date with the cat and the nudists. The cat and the nudists. Did you? Did I ever tell you this? No. So, I was dating this girl. She, she was a woman. She was. Bit older than me. Okay. At the time I was about thirty. She was like thirty-six. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had a daughter who was eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, so like she was proper grown up, and I'm still, you know, I'm barely thirty. <laughs> Don't know what I'm doing. But anyway, um, uh, we we had a we matched on Bumble, I think, and we we're having a chat, and we're really really hitting it off. And so it's like let let's have a let's just have a catch up with a drink and. So we get on and we catch up and we have a really, really good date. Okay. So, sorry, how old was she again? Like 36. 36. Oh, she's not that much older than you. No. Six years. All right. Um, date one goes really well. Then we're texting through the week. Uh, 
having, like, I don't know, the conversation just flows. And so date two comes where I'm just out having a, you know, evening stroll. Yeah. And she lives not that far away. So she's like, oh, I'll join you. I'm like, yeah, great. Go, go for it. And so um, we get out and we're walking and then we find a park bench and we just sit on the bench. We're talking for about three hours. Have a great night again, just talking, enjoying each other's company. And then um, date three comes and she, like we've been talking through the week again, and she says, okay, I've organised for my mother to take my daughter for the day. Why don't you come over and, and hang out at my place? And I'm thinking, oh, goody, I know what that means. Okay. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, let's do it. And so I go over and she's really nervous, mm-hmm. really nervous. And so I just said, look, it's fine. Nothing has to happen. We can just chill. And she's like, oh, my God, thank you. I was so worried. I, You know, it's just been such a long time since I've been with anyone. I'm like, yeah, no worries at all. And she had a piano. And so I sat down and I started playing piano songs. And I'm like, come over and sit with me. I'll teach you how to play some chords. And she's like, ooh. And so we go. She comes over, plays the piano. Uh-huh. And after a little bit, she's like, okay, let's go. <laughs> I'm like, all right. <laughs> and so we go into the bedroom and things start happening. And there's a knock on the door. And so we quickly like go out and open the door and there's this old man there and he's like, oh guys, I'm sorry to interrupt, but a cat's just been run over and we think it might be yours. And she goes, not little Susie. And I'm like, okay, you, you wait here. I'll go out and check what, what am I looking for? And she's like, it's a, it's a black cat with a green collar. And so I go out and it, it was little Susie. <laughs> little Susie had, had crossed over. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and so she's coming out. And so, oh, you spoil your. She's well, always going to remember the first time with you. Look, it, as the time. This, this is just the start. Okay, so she she's coming out. So I'm like, go inside, get me a towel, and I'll, I'll gather up Susie. And so, um, <laughs> you, you gather you. Offered, I, I gathered up. You Susie. gathered. Oh my god! And so I gathered up Susie and wrapped it in the towel, and then brought it into the backyard. And she's in shock, like she's beside herself. And I, I said, okay, well, what, what do you want to do? You can, you can bury it. You can have it cremated. You can take it to the, to the vet. They can deal with it. There's pet cemeteries. What do you want to do? And she said, oh, I want to bury it. And I said, okay, great. Let me get the number. And she's like, no, I want to bury it here in the yard. Mm-hmm. I'm like, a cat? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, in, in London, right. So I'm Googling like, Burying a cat in London, you have to dig a five-foot hole to bury a cat in London because of foxes and stuff. <laughs> you don't have to. So I, Sorry, is this in London, though? Yeah, this is the city. This is in London. This is in the city. You don't need to bury a cat five feet deep. In yeah. the, you couldn't possibly dig a five-foot hole in Oh, she a had city. a big yard. This this woman, by no, the way, was really not, wealthy. It's not about that. You can't, like, you'd need council approval. There'd be, there'd be <laughs> pipes and... There, there was a, a well... Get this, I spent the next three and a half hours digging this hole. <laughs> I, I was out there and I so I had the shovel. She had a pitchfork, so she was stabbing the ground and then I'm shoveling it out. And we're having a good chat while we're doing it. But it, it took about three and a half hours to, to dig out and I'm fishing out like all these old bricks from like under the grass. Yeah, from old houses, like... Um, Three generations of old stuff underneath London. Yeah, well, this this is the thing. There was there was heaps under there. It was really really tough. Yeah, but we got it. We got it deep enough or close it. enough. I to can't believe enough. your your date. Yeah, the- and then so we we put the cat in. Yes, and then covered it up, and and she had these big heavy like slate slabs 
for some reason. And so we put one of those over it to cover it and stuff. That's good. And um, I said, oh, are you okay? Like, And she's like, do you want to say a few words? And um, <laughs> she said, no, no, no. But look, you're covered in mud. Let's get you cleaned up. And I'm like, oh, thanks, yeah. So I go inside. I have a shower. She scrubs the mud out of my jeans because I'm filthy. And I come out and I've got like, I've borrowed her oh dressing gown. And I've come out. I'm like, oh, are you okay? Do you want me to make you a cup of tea? And she said, oh, no, we're going again. I'm like, what? And she's like, do you have any idea how hard it was to organize today? We're doing this. And I'm like, all right. So we go back into the bedroom and <laughs> like, really start having like hardcore <laughs> sex. Um, and it's great. Like we're having a great time. But then the front door opens. It's the grandmother home with the daughter because it's just been so long. And so I, I'm frozen. Like I, we're literally butt naked in this bedroom and I'm like oh god what what do I do, do I hide like mm-hmm. I can't hide I, they know I'm here my shoes are by the door mm-hmm. so we quickly very quickly get dressed and I come out of this bedroom and there's this 11 year old girl walking up the corridor sees me coming out of her mum's room and just freezes and I'm like hey <laughs> <laughs> and there's a new person and a dead cat yeah <laughs> you and luckily, I'm great with kids, and so I just yeah. go into you know kid friendly mode. And okay. she, I win her over pretty quickly, and she shows me Winnie the Pooh collection and her pet turtle and stuff. Okay. And oh, well, sorry, pet tortoise. I had a pet tortoise. Okay. And um, I figured, okay, I'll stay just long enough for this to not be weird. Okay. Because the grandmother obviously knew what was what, but she was cool about it. Yeah. And so I figured about half an hour, forty minutes, and then I can go. <laughs> And so I stick around and then I'm like, right, well, it's been great, guys, but really should be get going. And then they said, oh, no, we're going to Costco now. You must come with us. To the shopping centre? Yeah. to Co- So Costco is like a um, bulk, why, sorry, why, bulk supermarket. Why must you come to the supermarket? Oh, because I've made a new friend. Well, this is the little girl saying, no, no, you must come with us. We're going to Costco. And then all three of them were like, yeah, yeah, come to Costco. And I thought, bugger it, why not? It's already been the weirdest day ever. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go to the supermarket. And so we wait, get wait, in the car. Haven't they wouldn't wasn't the girl wouldn't the girl be crying about her dead cat? We didn't tell him. <laughs> <laughs> you saved that for when they get home from Costco. <laughs> she had a piano uh sorry, not a piano, a flute recital coming up. Yep. And her mum didn't want to uh ruin the preparation time for the okay. exam. Okay. So she's like, we just won't tell her until after the exam, which is next weekend. This is ironic that you, you're a piano teacher. Yeah. Wouldn't it? I'm surprised you're not um, being asked to tutor this kid. Well, yeah, no. Um, I, I did a duet with her in the 40 minutes while I was waiting. Really? Yeah. Yeah, she showed me her flute. She was doing huh. Harry Potter, and I oh, just played what? the piano music, and oh, it was fine. Nice. But anyway, we get in the car, we're playing Spot okay. the Car on the way to Costco, yep. and then we get, go and get into Costco, and I'm there with three generations of women shopping for, like, <laughs> watermelon and jeans and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Costco has, like, everything. Yep. And then we ordered some Costco pizza, because they serve food there as well, mm-hmm. and then they dropped me off roughly near my house on the way back, and that was, like, that the was weirdest Saturday ever. Yeah. Wait, it, did you see this lady again? Yeah. Yeah, no, I kept seeing it, because we really hit it off. There were, there were problems, though. Okay. Because I'd met everyone, things started moving really, really quickly. Okay. So was it starting to feel a bit more relationshipy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and 
Yeah, you got to be careful of that. Uh, but there were, there were other things too. So I, I mentioned the nudists. They they were basically nudists. Oh. And so like one one time I went over and I, I've walked in mm-hmm. and the little girl is completely naked just in the kitchen. I'm like, oh. And I'm shielding my eyes. Uh, I'm like, what the? Mm-hmm. And so she's run off and put on a onesie and come back and okay. is all happy to see me and stuff. And I just said, oh, so what, what was that about? And the mum's like, oh, no, we're practically nude in this house. We hardly ever wear clothes. And in I'm like, London. right, well, maybe How when, cold is this? <laughs> maybe when it's I'm cold here. Cold in London? Uh, it is cold in London. <laughs> but like I said, they were wealthy. She had a big grand piano in her lounge room. Oh, of course. Well, if you have a grand piano, then you can be nude in London. You can, you can, you can be warm because you can yeah, afford yeah. the heating. All right. Um, but I just said, so maybe while I'm here, let's leave the nudity stuff. That's right. And... She's like, okay, I'll have a talk with her. And then I, I said, so what's the, I mean, you've known me for what, like three weeks and you're comfortable with, this isn't only an issue because I've brought it up and said, can we not do that? And she's like, yeah, well, you're a teacher. So, you know, I know that you're fine. And I'm like, you don't know that I'm fine because I'm a teacher. You know, there are lots of teachers that would kill to <laughs> uh, not be sent to prison for doing bad things. And you shouldn't trust someone just because they're in a role of that type yeah yeah and it just there were just a lot of things like that where they were really carefree too innocent uh they they i I like carefree carefree that sounds positive doesn't it yeah yeah mate it sounds like a good time it was it was nice i mean the 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 death of the cat day could have gone really poorly yeah but you did two rounds and and uh didn't get uh, to d- didn't get to finish either time. <laughs> yeah, that's just uh that's funny that you didn't get to finish, but uh Yeah. No. That only makes the uh, next time even better. Yeah. But that was a that was a fun <laughs> You went fun home day. with a mixture of blue balls and confusion. <laughs> it was just I, I got uh, back and I just thought, what what the hell just happened? Mm. My whole day was taken up by you know, date with a girl, bearing a cat, <laughs> meeting like the family. <laughs> you got any other good stories in London? Oh, like there are, yeah, there are heaps. There uh, are. But they, they, there are varying degrees of what I'm allowed to tell. <laughs> <laughs> there, are, there are some moments that have been awesome. There are some moments that I probably should just take to the grave. <laughs> yeah. I know the feeling. Uh, I know the feeling. But I went on a lot of dates in London. Mm-hmm. I for for a long time. So I I I had an open relationship for a long time while I was over there. Yeah. Uh and so even when I was dating, I was seeing other people. Uh-huh. So uh yeah, that was that in itself was an experience. Mm, my goodness. Yeah. I don't know, maybe we can make a segment one of <laughs> one of Jake's stories. Yeah. Might as well be your stories. I, I, the stuff that I've got from my years, I, like, because I'm in a a committed relationship, I just don't feel like I can, can even honestly talk about it on a podcast just in case it, it somehow came back and, and upset her. Yeah. You know, not that, not that we... Look, and it's, look, it's one thing when, when you're in a relationship with someone as well. Mm. I don't I don't think that's an unreasonable thing to say. You don't you don't sort of kiss and tell when you're in a no, relationship sh- like that. Sure, but I think it goes further and you and I have actually talked about this uh, and maybe we let's have this fight again. 
because uh, I'm pretty sure we come down the line on it. Generally, when I'm in a relationship, I don't talk about past relationships. So uh, I find if if you can, you know, I'm lucky that most of my exes aren't in Tassie. So um, I can sort of distance myself from that. We're not going to run into them in in shops and stuff like that. We're not going to cross paths. And basically, uh, we don't have to deal with that. Yeah, that thing. And I think that's great. I think especially in new relationships, sometimes there's the temptation to talk about the old relationship. It just sort of comes up or when you notice things are different or, you know, and I, I absolutely am against that. I think you want to leave the past in the past to give your new relationship the most amount of, um, uh, most amount of your energy as possible. And, uh, so well, I'm a big fan of at the beginning of a relationship, cutting it off of, with your exes, even if you're just friends with your exes. I don't even think you can be friends with your exes. I agree. But oh, so you're in agreement with me. Yeah. I, I, um, I thought we were going to be opposed on this. No, I mean, I don't think there's a problem with talking about, you know, past relationships with your partner or anything. Yeah. Um, but if it comes up naturally, like you don't want to compare, like you say, you don't want to be making comparisons and you don't want to be like, oh, this is just like what my ex used to do. That's a <laughs> terrible conversation to have. <laughs> yeah. But if, if, um, you know, if you're having talk about, you know, things in the past and what, what you've done and things and say, oh, well, I, I did, you know, with a former partner of mine, mm. did this. I don't see anything wrong with that. I tell you, it's actually, it's probably more of a problem for my partner than it is for me because she's lived here basically her whole life. Yeah. So her exes are all in the same place. We're likely to cross paths at a, at a party and every place that around, she's probably been there with, with someone else, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, that's, that's different for me because I, I haven't. It's the first time I'm going there. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I like the idea of sort of make, making sure you've got some distances. Even if you, you've just had a, like a really good friendship with exes for years and years and years post that relationship, I just imagine being on the other end of that and then... You know, you've started this relationship with a person, but their their ex is still best friends with them or something, and they see yeah. each other all the time. I, I I think it sends the wrong message to your new partner. I do too. Uh, but it also puts you into this funny position where it depends on how the relationship ended. If if they've broken up with you, essentially, or, you know, it's mutual, and I say that in inverted <laughs> comments because relationships are usually instigated by one person or the other. One mm. person is always going to be more in love than the other person. It's just how things work. And what you'll, what I find is I, I remember I was about 21 when I had a partner who ended the relationship but wanted to be like stay friends because I'm a great guy, <laughs> you know, and, you know, I wasn't relationship material for her but she wanted me in her life in a non-romantic capacity. And, you know, I I was kind of hurt but I'm like, yeah, look, I'll stay in your life, you know, that I want to keep hanging out. Mm. And... I just ended up being a bit of a dick. Like, I wouldn't take any shit ever. Um, the thing that, oh, it's not that I wouldn't take shit, but the things that I was willing to put up with as a partner, I was no longer willing to put up with. Oh, that's so totally true. And so, you know, we'd be in the car with, with one of her, I, I can remember we were in the car with one of her friends and they were making some, I don't know, remark and they, they asked me and I kind of shut it down pretty quickly. And, 
the friend's like, oh, you know, Jake has a backbone. I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna put up with not gonna put up with that. Don't do that. And I actually ended up calling her a few days later and said, look, I'm, you know, I I can't be your friend right now because I'm I'm just I'm you know you, I think you need time to time to get over someone, mm. but also you need um. You, like I said, you need that clean break so that when you do meet someone new, you don't have that baggage and they're not worried like, oh, he's still friends with his ex. And, um, you know, you've got the risk of that either looking good because they still want to keep you in their life, but also looking bad because they're now a threat. Yeah, absolutely. And the threat, the doubts will always beat the the pros. You don't want to create those doubts. So you just, you you got to say, look, really, you can be respectful about it. You can be, um, you can even say, down the track, once I've made a new partner, you know, we might be able to establish something again. But at the moment, I really need my space and my distance. I agree with you. I think I'm going to take this even further, I would say. And I reckon that, that often, often as guys, it's better not to put yourself in a situation rather than, rather than do the right thing in a situation once you're in the situation. So, for instance, if you... Um, you're dating somebody, but somehow there's some other girl around your house and she wants to see your room, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, I just want to see your room for a bit. Like sometimes it's better. It's better not to let them in in the first place. It was probably better not to have them at the house. You know, you have to sort of, you have to sort of play that a little bit. And I'm pretty good at self-control, I guess, but I've certainly, you know, when I, especially in my 20s, I, I just really feel like I put myself in some situations where the likelihood of me cheating was actually really high and I shouldn't have done it, you know. I shouldn't have put myself there. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously I've been in this this relationship for so long now that I've, you know, I'm giving it a really good chance and I would never do that stuff now. But but uh, I certainly in my early 20s, I was like that. And I, I think back and if I could give some advice to Guys, I don't know. It's just don't put yourself in that situation. Yeah. Unless you, you know, it's, it's so easy to just talk yourself into that, into stuff when, when it's already sort of happening. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I remember you, you totally grilled me one night when I was in London. Because oh, what did that I, do? Well, I wasn't seeing someone. Oh, yeah. But I uh, went out drinking with my housemates. And do you, do you remember this? One of my housemates um, sort of took a bit of a liking and, and, after the night, we ended up in her room. Yeah. And we, things started happening. And, uh, oh, geez, I don't know how graphic you want to get, but it kind of matters to the story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, go get graphic then. Let's well, do it. Well, I, I started going down on this girl. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I know. Okay. And, um, but she had a boyfriend. And mm. I don't think I look good in this, <laughs> by the way. But don't look we, good we'd in been this. drinking. But I, I was going down on her, and then, and then we stopped. And then she wanted to start going down on me. I'm like, well, wait, hold on. You, you've got a partner. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the point. You were like, oh, crisis of conscience there. Yeah, and I, like, I, I said, I literally, I don't a, know that this is a right. wet face. <laughs> like, oh, I don't know about that. I don't know that this is the right thing to do. And yeah, it got and <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
Yeah, and it's such an idiot. Oh, I know, I know. But I'd been, we'd been drinking, and it, I wasn't in a clear state of mind. Really. I, I swear, somehow, like your sex drive just manages to take you to some stupid places. <laughs> but it's funny because at the time, I I justified it that, well, I didn't, I didn't, I think it was more. I didn't want to be the one taking advantage of her when she's drunk. Right. Uh, so I thought, well, I won't allow myself to reap any you know physical benefits from this but i'll i'll give give her a bit of what she wants yeah that's insane where your conscience draws the line yeah and i can and i can remember you what uh, what did i say uh, the way that you said it it was so brutal old tom advice the ancient tom oh you said something like so you've just allowed this girl to cheat by not giving you anything good out of it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like you, you've just destroyed this girl's relationship, and you didn't even get anything out of it. <laughs> like, are you just heartless? <laughs> oh God! Um, mm. And I, and it's what's worse is that it's a housemate. Yeah, like you, you, you kind of you can't leave this person. Um, the, you, this, this eventually the boyfriend's going to be over as well. Well, you yeah. this little love triangle together. But the thing that you j- had it justified as was okay. the the big point that you made was. The, the line that, you, and I can remember you saying like, oh, the way, the mental gymnastics you have to do to justify this, but <laughs> you've, you've ruined this relationship, but you made it okay because you didn't get anything good out of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So all you've done is negative things. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you're like, honestly, it would have been better if you just like had complete sex with her because then at least it would have been... Some, something, something but good. the right thing to do would to be have not done any of it. Uh, yeah, wow. I I actually think past Tom's advice here is uh, is yeah something you should go by. Yeah, well, she she felt <laughs> you, you should halfway through you should have called me and <laughs> been like, Tom, what should I do, man? I, I'm I'm just going down on this girl. <laughs> You know, like I'm thinking of not letting her go down on me because well, at the time <laughs> so it worried about the consequences. But that of was it. the thing at the time; it made perfect sense to me. So even afterward, like I, I can remember after saying, "I don't want you to go down on me because you've got a boyfriend." Uh-huh. I'm like, "But I'll, I'll finish you off. Like I'll go. I'll keep going down." And so I <laughs> got back to work, and then she stopped me, and she's like, "No, I don't want to keep going." I'm like. Okay, fair enough. And, and that was, <laughs> you got the tap on the shoulder. <laughs> no, she she said she just felt so incredibly guilty now that I've pointed it out. I'm like, well, yeah. No, I, I, <laughs> now she <laughs> feels bad about the bit that you did too. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So not only did you do it with her, you got her to a point where it was feeling good, then you like made her feel bad <laughs> emotionally. <laughs> you really did. While you also were... taking the high ground as being the one to stop. <laughs> <laughs> You took it all. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, it was a terrible, terrible thing. Oh, the thing got... was, I I wish that I could have dated her because she was one of the most, mm. like, she, she could have been a model uh, and she was just the most awesome person except for the fact that she was cheating. <laughs> <laughs> great, great person. Um, but she was, she was a really, really great, Mm-hmm. And I'll show you a picture. She was absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> I don't need to see a picture. She she did. I got her to give me this <laughs> wink, um, and I, I filmed it. <laughs> so I'll show you that. Uh, but yeah, that was. I can remember I've, that. I've got to admit, because I'm a I'm a pretty. I think I'm a pretty moral person nowadays. 
I don't get, I don't have as many cool stories. I'm not going to have as many cool stories as you. Oh, I got, I got heaps of just moments, just weird thing, weird situations you find yourself in, but this is part of living in London, I think. Oh, I should tell you, I have actually stolen a girlfriend from my housemate before. Oh, oh yeah. Go on. I mean, I mean, it went on for a long time too. Wait, wait. Oh. Anyone oh, I know? No, no. This is okay. this is back, back in my old place. I um, it's actually one of the reasons I left. I was like, uh, I don't know. I didn't like my housemate that much. He was a he was a bit of a bit of a knob, but you know, pays the rent to live with you, yeah. live with someone else. And uh, yeah, we lived right on the beach and had a great little great little place, and we'd go surfing all the time and stuff. And I used to go surfing probably like six hours a day. So I was out there quite a lot. Yeah. And uh, I met her one night at the pub <laughs> and I, I'd i gone into the pub and I saw her there and, you know, we're in a country town. Yeah. And, you know, if somebody knew's in the country town, you don't waste any time. No. I went straight up to her. I was like, hey, how you going? You know, just chatting away with her, working out where she's from, you know, who she's here with and stuff. And then my housemate comes in (laughs) and walks up to me and is like, oh, hey, you met, you met so-and-so. I was like, oh, right. Oh, sorry. You two, you two a thing. Yeah. And then it all, it all pieced together there. So she'd already known that I was pretty interested yeah, because I'd already, I'd already sort of, um, and I was pretty direct in those days too. I, I can imagine, <laughs> I can imagine I was pretty. It probably came on pretty strong. Yeah. So then she starts coming around the house all the time. Yeah, and she's you know super interested in what I'm doing because I'm, I'm playing guitar and uh, you know I've, she's interested in all, all the same things that I'm interested in. Yeah. You know, some nights, you know, most nights I'm, I'm in, <laughs> I just, I wish I could like give you the image of what the house is like. Cause I live right on the beach. Right. Okay. So most days I'm shirtless. Right. And I'm walking around in usually nothing but the bottom half of my wetsuit. Right. So like fully tan, <laughs> looking good in those days as well. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, and then it's, it's it. so easy. It's so easy. I'm like, do you want to come out for a surf? Do you want to come out in the water? So then, you know, every day she starts, she just comes out and it's like day one, the first thing we did, I t- took her out in the sand dunes, you know, and then it's like every single day after that. Yeah. And... <laughs> I remember what, like, I wasn't good mates with my housemate, but there was one night where he was, uh, he was, he was sitting down having a, a beer together outside, which we never did, but you know, I think he was making an effort to be my mate. Yeah. And he started telling me about all the stuff that he does with his girlfriend. Right. Who is the same girl yep. <laughs> that I'm currently with, right? And I'm like, trying to contain <laughs> myself. Because it's just gross to hear that from another guy. I mean, it, I'm I'm turning my stomach a little bit, but you know, I you know, I I have a realistic view of this stuff where, you know, none of this is forever. I, yeah. You know, this this has a time limit to it. It's going to end sometime soon. 
Yeah. But my goodness, like him trying to level with me about about how good he and happy he is in this relationship. Oh, oh my. I felt pretty bad, but well, I, I should say that no, I, I, a normal person may have felt bad. I had no, no feelings at all towards him. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, eventually uh, we sort of, uh, me and the guys, the housemates' relationship sort of fell apart, and I don't think he ever realised what was happening. Well, I, that's probably for the best. Well. I remember that one of the days when I was like, I was leaving, uh, leaving that house and he said something to me that made me think like he knew. Right. And, uh, oh, I wonder what he said. You know, it's, it's so long ago now. I can't even remember, but, uh, <laughs> what was her name or what was, uh, let's call her Kayla. <laughs> Kayla. Did he say something like, tell Kayla, I said, see you later. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh. He probably just got, like, he probably didn't even know for sure. But, like, literally, we I'd leave from some nights I'd be like, I'm going for a walk. Anyone want to come? And she'd be like, yeah, I'll come. Mm. So we're leaving the same house and going for a walk. Yeah. Let's go for a drive to the place that we walk. It's hot. We're probably in next to nothing as it is, you know. Yeah. She's probably in a bikini top and I'm in maybe shorts. shorts. Yeah. <laughs> that's it i mean it's uh, it's so easy in those circumstances you're alone you probably shouldn't be there yeah it's just so easy and it's to be honest it does make it fun mm. which you know i hate i'd hate if uh, i sort of hate that everything that's a bit naughty is a bit fun too but um at least i got some good memories out of it yeah yeah good times great times Beach times. Mm. My first time was on the beach. Oh, it's so sandy. Yeah, it wasn't really a problem. But we got caught by these four bogans. Ah. They're like, that's it, son, give it to her. (laughs) (laughs) Gross. Terrible. Gross. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was on that beach over there. (laughs) I can actually see the beach. (laughs) I should say with the same girl, some nights nights I'd take my swag out and I'd drive out to her place. And I'd pick her up. She'd hop out a window because she lived with her parents and just didn't want her parents to know. Yeah. She'd hop in my car and we'd drive down the beach and we'd sleep on the sand, in the swag on the sand. Yeah, right. And it, like we used to do that all the time. You, you've you got a lot of use out of that swag. <laughs> I do like the swag. I've never, I've never used a swag. It's amazing because it's... Um, because you can you can cover yourself like a like a proper tent, yeah. But when you're with someone else and you you want the outside, especially if you're near the the actual beach where there's a bit of wind, you don't have to worry about mosquitoes or anything like that. Yeah. And it's so warm, especially if you have another person with you. I mean, it's oh, yeah. is it it's, big enough for another person? Oh, it's a it's a single, but it's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, mate. Go the swag, mate. I tell you the amount, the stuff that we. Oh, oh God! It's know? it's actually it. It sounds super romantic in a way because um, because a lot of the times you know you're waking up in these, you're going to sleep during a sunset. You know, you're yeah. spending time with you know these girl that you like, and, and there's, you. There's you're, something about dating or like just 
romance at that point in your life as well. Oh, yeah. It's just a real magical moment. Like waking up on the beach together. Yeah. Like, that's that's so rare. And like nowadays, I wouldn't do that because, you know. Oh, you got a kid. You can't. Well, you know what I mean? I wouldn't even do it. I'd be like, oh, that sounds really uncomfortable and cold. <laughs> you know, I want to sleep in my, you know, beautiful king-size bed that's. Deluxe. Yeah. Uh, buttons and everything. I'll tell you, sometimes I hop on the bed and I'm just so surprised by how comfortable it is. <laughs> Oh my god! I think you need to mention your bed is. Oh. You want you've bought some fancy, like. Well, it's it's um cloud bed. We made sure we got a really good bed. Yeah. And it's king size, and it's one of those ones that has a nice big drawers underneath it as well. Yeah. So you can put all of your your dirty clothes underneath the bed. Okay. And it's almost like covers as wash baskets, right? Yeah. And then the bed itself is a nice bed. But then it's got a, a soft topper on top, as if you're like, you know, a 60-year-old was um, wanted the most comfortable bed in the world. Yeah. It's it's like, it's soft, but it's also it's also firm in the right way. Oh, it's, sometimes I touch it, I can I can fall asleep so quickly. And yeah, I, me too. Oh, my goodness, laying on this bed. Oh. I actually find partners get annoyed with me by how fast I fall asleep. What is with that? Is it just all guys fall asleep really quickly? I don't think it is. But I, as soon as I put my head to the pillow, like two minutes later, I'm gone. It's crazy. I reckon, no joke, two minutes is probably enough for me too. I am, um, uh, like, sometimes I, I, sometimes we're telling my son a story in bed. Yep. And like, I'm asleep way before him, because <laughs> because as soon as I put my head down, I'm exhausted as well. I should mention, I work all the fucking time, right? Yeah. So when I get a chance to relax, my body's like. Bam, you're gone. Sleep time. Sleep time. Yeah. Yeah. I I think when it comes to per, like big purchases, like a bed, um, if it's something that you're going to be using every day, yeah, you should break the bank. Oh, yeah. They're, they're the few things in life where you really should make it an investment. Things that – I'm talking things that you use every day, like your phone, your TV – I, I mean, I use my TV every day. I don't know about other people, but mm. maybe a couch, car. Oh, especially sources of enjoyment. You know, one thing that I've thought about in the exact same line? What? What about getting a bidet toilet? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Why not? Like, I, I'm ready. I'm ready yeah. to, do, to do that. And I keep thinking, like, I keep looking at my toilet. My toilet's, um, whoever I, we bought the house from, my toilet's got a little crack just down the top of the, the porcelain. Yeah, I'm it's like, time. That's only going to last like, so long. It's one day. It's just going to crack and fully break off a, a piece. Yeah, and then I'm going to need a new toilet. And I'm, I'm sort of like, what if I just spent big? You know, I spent just got a really nice bidet toilet. It's one of the things. Like like I said, it's one of the things you use every day. My when I when I go for a, a budget item is when it's something that I don't use very often. Like a waffle maker, mm. I don't need a fancy waffle maker. I'm going to use it maybe once every two months when I'm, you know, in that weird point in life when you want to be slightly more posh and prepared than you already are. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to go make some waffles. Mm -hmm. I, I don't need to buy a $300 waffle maker because I'm only going to use it once every three months. The yeah. $30 one from Kmart will be fine. Mm. But, you know, when it's something like a barbecue yeah. that you are use you, a lot. You're going to use barbecue all the time? Yeah, if you're going to use barbecue all the time, get a Weber. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I do think the toilet, if I have a bit of money, 
that's one I would love to do. Obviously, you know, my studio is beautiful. It's a great place to be. There are some really nice Japanese toilets. Uh, I wouldn't even know where to go. Where would I go in Hobart for a nice toilet? Oh, you'd have to go to Japan. <laughs> go to Japan, get a toilet from Japan, get it shipped over, <laughs> buy it online. You reckon that's possible? Yeah. Mm. Their to- like, I mean, there was a whole South Park episode about how good their toilets are. <laughs> yeah, but South Park's just exaggerating it. I, I don't know where you'd actually get a proper... Where do, where do you get a rich person toilet in Hobart? You go to a builder and get them to find it? Um, there are there are designer bath shops around. Mm. Out, out in Moonaway and stuff. Mm. But I, I don't know that you'll get a bidet. Like, bidet's like... I think they're too European for. Uh, for oh, I want one. Tasmanians. Want... Hey, can we can we talk about? I guess we're going to go into real men's issues here. Colonoscopies. Oh, yeah, you you had one of these, didn't I you? I did, I did, and I'm pretty young for a colonoscopy, but I had a um, I had an issue, and boy, that's uh, that's an enlightening procedure. You haven't had one of those yet. No, I haven't even had a prostate. I exam. think you meant to have them when you get to forty. Yeah. So not not for a while yet, but um, if you if you end up with some issues that could be sort of cancerous in your um, in your thirties, they get you to to do it. And my family history has a bit of it. So, but mate, uh, a day would have been great then. <laughs> yeah. Mm, mm. Well. I don't know what to say. <laughs> There's nothing to say. Let's not get into any more depth about that, hey? Yeah. Let's leave that one to the side. Yep. Uh, Skirt around the rim. I tell you, having a kid, though, today he came home and he, he'd he wet himself. Oh. Which I don't think he's ever actually just – he hasn't pissed himself in years. But he wet himself so much – that the urine went down his legs and into his shoes. Ugh. So his shoes now smell like urine. So why didn't he ask her the toilet? I just think he was... Sometimes he just gets so excited and, yeah. and like, wound up that he doesn't want to stop playing or whatever. At that and age, if you you're, to remind them. Yeah, and if you're not on it as the parent, uh, and I think my partner was just distracted, um, they were at a, a baby shower, actually. I think she was just distracted and she didn't offer enough. One of the things I try and do is every time I get to a place with him, yeah. I usually let him sort of just get a little bit accustomed for like a minute and then I try and take him straight to the toilet. Yeah. That way he knows where the toilet is for a start. So he's not going to be freaked out if he needs to find it later. Yeah. But I know, right, he's gone to the toilet. We've got at least two and a half hours. They've only got small bladders too. Yeah. Two and a half, three hours is, you know, what we're expecting. But yeah, if you miss that with a, when you have a boy, fire out. Oh, it's not even and when you, you have ta- a boy. And you're taking them home and then uh, cleaning their shoes. I, I had a friend when I was about 14. Yeah. Who used to come over. He was a family friend. So uh, he and his brother would just come and hang out with me and my brother, not just me. But we had this really fancy computer with Red Alert, Command and Conquer, all of these great PC games. Are you gonna about to tell me? Uh, I guess I'll let you tell it. Is this? Did he just play? He would just you... play, and and we right next to the computer room was the toilet. 
the tw- the computer room was literally next door to a toilet. And he would yeah. be on that computer until he shat himself. Yeah, that's insane. And then he would continue to play through his own shit. And the I couldn't even go in the room. Like he'd just be left in that room to to play Red Alert. He'd be in there for hours at my house <laughs> playing my computer, not going to the toilet. That's insane. And he always smelt of shit. Really. Oh my god. Yeah. I this it. I this is. And he was fifteen. He was fourteen initially. He was fifteen because <laughs> I was fourteen. Okay. And he was a year older. I don't like that at all. Um, I'm going to tell you a good gaming story, though. Okay. The year 2000, not many... I'm sure that everyone who was alive in the year 2000 sort of remembers where they were on that New Year's. Uh, Do you? Yeah. I'll tell you what I was doing, mate. What were you doing? I was playing Donkey Kong 64. Oh, good times. Donkey... Now, from memory, when did Donkey Kong 64 come out? Probably I think 99. I think it was 99. And I remember I went to a mate's house and they had, they had a huge house. We were staying there for three weeks uh, across this summer. And it's what it was in um, Wyala, which is really hot and country. There's not much else to do. So you can't go outside in 40 degree weather. Yeah. They had air conditioning. They had three couches surrounded a TV in the rumpus room and the parents never went into the rumpus room because there was a huge lounge room in the other part. So it was me, my brother, and these two other guys who were exactly our age. Yep. We had we had two TVs. One was for the PlayStation 1. Yep. And one was for the Nintendo 64. And, man, we 100%ed Donkey Kong 64 in three weeks. Wow. That in itself is an achievement. And you have to beat the game five times. We would we were playing we were playing like twenty four seven. Like we would just take shifts. We would while one person's playing the other you know, because there's four of us, one person would be sleeping while the other three are gaming. We did we played they had so many games and they had an NES as well. I don't I don't think I'd played an a Nintendo, the original Nintendo, since I was like really young and we never had one. So we were playing like The Boy and His Blob. Do you remember that game? Uh, I've I'm to- I'm talking like Super Mario 2. Like games that I'd never experienced and we played we played everything in this 3 weeks. Right. And it's one of the best the absolute best experiences I've ever had gaming. Yeah, right. And it's funny, I can barely remember those guys' names now. Yeah. But my God, I remember all the games we played. Yeah, I, I mean, I think a lot of people have really fond memories like that. I, I remember my my cousin and I, she was um, five years older than me, but we used to, I used to be a really hypo kid, mm. and she was just as bad, and we'd rev each other up. And uh, there was one holiday where her and her brother mm. came over to, to live with us while her uh, parents went away, and we'd play Donkey Kong on the Super Nintendo. So this is a few years before that. Yeah, and just the commentary that she would make while we're playing the levels was just so funny, and we'd just rile each other up so much that when it came time for breakfast, my mum would have to get us in for breakfast at different times and do breakfast in shifts. 
<laughs> because otherwise it would just get too ridiculously crazy. It's so much effort for a mum as well. Yeah. But but it, uh, like that that's one of my fondest gaming experiences too. I just remember the water level of Donkey Kong and, and how much fun we had doing that. <laughs> but I also really missed, like I think that was a real special age of gaming because the internet was still such an early thing. And so there was no, there were no, there were guides and walkthroughs, but they were all entirely text-based and you couldn't really trust them because they're only written by other kids. <laughs> they're not written by, you know, a professional journal art, uh, journal, what do you call them? Journalist? <laughs> yeah. Who is getting paid to make this thing. It's being written by a fan who's just like, okay, what you do is you, you shoot three missiles and if the dude with the hat walks off the screen, you got to start again. You know, it's it's that level of detail. And I can remember uh, playing Zelda and Ocarina of Time, and there was a website called The Odyssey of Hyrule. <laughs> and this this website was full of rumours like, you can get the Triforce if you blow up every stone in the game. Uh, and it it was just a real, real cool time because you'd be learning and discovering new things and there'd be rumors like that. You'd be like, well, there's no way that that's a real thing. But then someone would do it and you'd be like, oh my God, that actually worked. Oh, and so. Everything was so wondrous and, and amazing, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And oh. you don't get that now because anytime you don't know the answer, you can just Google it. Mm. Yeah. <sighs> Good old games. Look, we didn't get into reviews and all of that last episode. And I, I feel like we're. It, the temptation in this one is to just keep going and talking about stuff. Now nah, let's do reviews. Let's do reviews. All right. What have you What have you got for me? I've got a great one to start with, which is the ANZ Shield app. <laughs> okay. Okay. So ANZ have created a two-factor authenticator that's a separate app to their other app. And if you want to do a transfer over $500 from your account to another account. Yep. Then you have to use their third-party authenticator. However, um, it's I don't know if you've used some authenticators which just generate a number. Yeah. Right, and then you have to input that number. This one does that, but you also need to register your actual device. Okay. So I got a new phone the other week, right, and I transferred all my data. But of course, the ANZ Shield app is registered to the previous phone. Yeah. So I go to pay my son's school fees hmm. on their due date. Yep. What do you think happens? Uh, you wouldn't be able to because you're locked out of your account now because you don't have Shield access. So it brings up the Shield. I bring up the Shield app and it says now you need to register your device. Obviously, it's kicked me out. It says to register your device, you need to go onto the website. So I go back on the website and I have to cancel out of the transaction, which I've already gone through, by the way. It's not until the final screen yeah. after pressing confirm that it brings up that you need the Shield app to process the rest of the transfer. Yeah. And what's worse is after I clicked confirm, I'd already sent the email to them to tell them, tell them it was paid. Okay. Right. So they think it's paid. I do this and it's 450 <laughs> Right, on a Monday, which is when the school fees were due. I uh, 
450 on a Monday. I press, it says Shield app. Okay, bring up the Shield app. It says your phone isn't registered. It says go to the website. So I cancel out of the thing, which removes the payment information that I just put in. And ANZ doesn't save the payee information again as well. You have to input that again if you you didn't complete the transaction. I go to the ANZ Shield register your phone thing and I click change phone that your thing is registered on. Yep. It says you need to call. It's 450. So I immediately call. It says enter your telecode. Okay. So I haven't called ANZ in about seven years. Yep. I think I know my code and I input it. Telecode incorrect. You have no, you cannot retry this. You are not authenticated. Please stand by. Okay. Right. I wait 40 minutes. Yep. So now it's 5.30. I'm thinking somebody, I'll be surprised if they don't just hang up on me in a minute. Yep. A lady picks up after 40 minutes. She tells me, oh, sorry, your telecode wasn't correct. Can you tell me your telecode? And I said, well, is it six digits or four digits? And she's like, I can't tell you that information. Yeah. I'm like, well, can I give you one that's six digits? And if it's not that, can I give you a four-digit one? Yep. She's like, no, you've got to give me the accurate only one. <laughs> I'm like, what? All right. So I just took a random guess of between the four digit and the six digit. I used the same one that I'd been told was incorrect. Yep. And she goes, that's correct. Right. So my telecode that it said was incorrect was the same one I told her and it gets correct. Okay. Okay. So they've worked out who I am. Yep. They re-register my phone. Yep. My new phone. And then I go through the thing. Um, obviously, the, the transaction didn't process till the next day now, but that's all right. At least it's done. Yeah. But, like, what do you think? What are, is it? I, I've got this. It's like, it's like when we were talking about if you do one thing, like if you're the painter and you're terrible at painting, you know, a bank, I need to be able to access my money from a bank because it's my money. Yeah, And if your security is keeping me out of accessing my money, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's one of those tricky things, isn't it? Because that, like, it's, it's to stop people from getting scammed. And the problem is though, that scammers will tell you, you need to do this. And then they'll say, well, oh, I'm on the, I've got to use the shield. And they'll say, yeah, go use the shield. And so when it comes to that level of social engineering that you get from these scammers, it, it's not really protecting them anyway. I, I don't know that a third-party multi-factor authenticator is – an app version is any better than having a, a text code sent to your phone. You know when we, George Bush was talking about, like, the terrorists winning after 9-11? Yeah. I, I sort of feel like the terrorists won, and we, can, we know that for sure because the ANZ Shield app exists. <laughs> yeah. You know, the the reason you can't, um, I don't know, smoke on an aeroplane and bring your toenail clippers on the aeroplane is I, I, they won. The terrorists yeah. won. Yeah. I mean, you can't even board the plane if you arrive only 20 minutes before it leaves. What's with the, what's with the, you can't bring a bottle of water on the plane, you know? You can bring a bottle of water on the plane. You're not allowed to bring liquid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can buy a bottle of water uh, on the other side of duty-free and then take that on the plane. I just, yeah, but you can't bring one. No. 
Maybe because as a security thing, there's it could be acid or something. Yeah, the, see, the terrorist one, man. <laughs> yeah. We're worried about people bringing their water bottles from home in case it's what, petrol? Having a nail file. I, I don't get this world. Anyway, ANZ Shield app and, frankly, ANZ's whole idea behind the Shield app, let's, let's give that a star rating of one star. Okay. But you, got a, you got a, a review you want to do? Uh, well, yeah, I've been playing an app on my phone called Skipbo, which is based on a card game, which I started playing with a friend of mine. And it's quite a fun game. It's like, you know, you've got the numbers and you're adding the numbers up to get to the... I don't know, use up all your cards. It's pretty simple, kind kind of like an Uno-style game that you play with a couple of friends. Round lasts probably about as long as an Uno game. But, so I got the app. Mm -hmm. And the app is just like the game. It's great. A couple of ads here and there, but, you know, at the end of the day, you expect that from a free app, especially Mm -hmm. when it's made by Mattel. Uh, Any big company is going to try to make ads. Sure. Sure. But they have introduced this new adventure mode. Now, I'd been avoiding that for about two weeks playing this app. I've been playing it every day because it's a fun game. Yeah. But I finally decided, oh, I'll give this adventure mode thing a go, which is not quite the game, but it follows the same principles. But instead of playing against an opponent, you're now like doing this solitaire style game. And every now and then there's a card with coins attached to it. And then you collect those cards and you get coins into your little bank. And when your bank gets full, it gives you a discount on a microtransaction, which you could choose to spend or not. And then if you don't spend it, then the coins, like there's an animation of the money trying to go into this piggy bank that's looking sad because it's already full. (laughs) And it's like, use the money in your bank to buy a discounted microtransaction so that you can start filling the pig again and make him happy. And I decided, you know what, I'm not going to do that. But now, every time I open the app, instead of taking me to the Skipbo game, it takes me to this crappy adventure mode thing, and now I've got to click out of that and go into the other one, and like a pop-up will appear to say, oh, watch this video for a free... And so by engaging in this adventure mode thing, I now have a really shitty experience of the same game that I was loving to play every day. Damn. Yeah. And so it would have been a solid four stars, but now it's only a three. I I hate the game, uh, the ad gaming thing that occurred over the last 15 years. Yeah. Oh, it, it's funny to think how far we came in that short period of time. We're lucky that console games have barely got it. Yeah. But we don't know how long we're going to stay away from it, Every all of these live service games and stuff. Like, remember when you could just, you got a game and you could just enjoy that game? The problem is the people paying for them, though. So there was this great uh, quote, I'm going to misquote it now, but one of the developers from StarCraft II mm-hmm. was saying, this extra pony skin in World of Warcraft made more money than the entirety of StarCraft II. Mm-hmm. And it was an optional skin that you could choose to buy. And so when the people are spending, you know, more money on this little optional extra that doesn't have any impact on the game, 
than this entire, you know, core business game that has taken hundreds of hours to develop from multiple people. Yeah. You can you can see why companies are fixated on, totally. oh, we can make this in 15 minutes and then sell it for more money than developing an entire new game. Uh, maybe I actually, I, I got to say, I'm feeling inspired by by your your strength and courage here. I think I think we need to find all of those whales, that's what they call them, isn't it? All of the people who are given money to these to these uh, microtransactions and we need to stop them. If you know somebody out there who is paying <laughs> for a mobile game, an extra 20 minutes of Candy Crush, you need to stop them for the sake of all games being here in 10 years. Like Yeah. We do not know how bad this is going to get. It it's will only get bad. worse. We need to stop it immediately. Oh, that brings me to the next thing. Okay. DLC mm-hmm. that has been developed with the game and then taken out to be paid for later. Ooh, okay, but you have to give a specific example because I actually I feel the opposite. I If they are going to do any DLC for a game, it must, for me, be released near the game's launch time. Because if I'm playing the game at launch and it takes me a week to beat the game, immediately I'm going to want to go on with the DLC. And if that takes like a Borderlands Borderlands 3 a year to come out, I'm going to miss out on that DLC. I, I, think, I think that's a flawed argument because why would you, why would you do that? The, the stuff's already been made. Why not just make it part of the base game? The DLC should be there to fund the extra hours that you're putting into making it. Sure, you might never play it, but then again, it might not be for you. You know, it might be for someone else that loves that game and wants to play it over and over and over again. I'm from the world of I would prefer no DLC ever. However, if DLC is going to come out, I want it to come out convenience-wise as close to release as possible. Does that mean, though, if it's ready with the main game? I want them to launch same day. Yep. Should you have to pay extra for that? If it's no, look, I, a game has to be a full game. But if they're going to do DLC for you know their own money making reasons and stuff like that, then yeah, I want it immediately. Okay, there's the reason why I bring this up is because there's a there's a transition happening now, where I don't know if you heard of this, mm. BMW have introduced a, introduced a subscription model to their car service <laughs> where you can pay a subscription to get the heated seats activated. But if you don't pay the subscription, they disable the feature in your car. What, what possible reasoning could they have to do that? I have no idea. What, does it require constant monitoring? Month, month, it requires monthly, monthly payments. <laughs> Why? I have no idea. But it's a thing. Don't, don't you ever just feel like we've ruined the world in some way? Yeah. Every single person who pays for that in their car, every person who buys that car is actually ruining it for the rest of it. Because what yeah. will happen, that'll trickle down. Before we know it, Holden and Subaru and Ford will end up with subscription services in order to have the back doors open. Well, General Motors. So Holden is a subsidiary of General Motors. It's mm-hmm. in the UK, they're like Peugeots and, um, or Opel, I should say. Mm-hmm. They have now announced that they're no longer supporting Apple 
uh, CarPlay and Android Auto. Why is that? Uh, well, they say for safety, but really it's so that they can push their own crappy infotainment system on you and then eventually take that to a subscription model. Like Tesla, Tesla's uh, car, mm -hmm. you have to pay, I think it's $10 a month to use their uh, online GPS infotainment stuff. Right. Now, if you have a phone, you should ideally be able to plug it in, use CarPlay because that's that's their bread and butter. Like they, they make operating systems. That's their thing. When you're buying a car... The infotainment is just a tiny thing. They're they're a car manufacturer. Their their ba their core business is not making software for a, you know, touchscreen to be enjoyed, enjoyable user experience. But if they can make money from you, they just want to make that money from you, don't they? But they? they're doing it in an anti-competitive way, so you don't have the choice to use their system. Mm. You're forced to use their system. Yeah, I've got to say, I hate it all. I hate it all. I hate. I hate subscriptions. I hate, I hate, I, I was just driving the other day and I was thinking about the, I was just sitting in traffic and I was thinking the amount of money that I'm going to make today, I have to minus off the fact that I'm probably going to eat lunch in the city yep. because like if I ate at home, I might save a quarter on that. I'm going to pay about $13 in, in parking that day. And, you know, I just kept going like that. And then when I, in the entirety of cost just for the day, like I know how much my power for my house and my internet cost per day. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just thinking, you know, I don't understand how we're meant to live. I don't understand if you keep nickel and dime and no joke, 40% of our wage is going to the government as well. Yeah. And that's just insane. I, I've actually canceled uh, all of my streaming services. I don't know if you talked about this on a previous podcast too, but you had this philosophy about buying shows. Yeah. You mentioned this on the podcast. I think on episode one. Yeah. Um, the idea that with all the streaming services that you're now paying for, it's cheaper to just buy the box set. Yeah. And watch that. And I, I'm sort of like, I don't have the money to do that. So I, <laughs> I torrent. Uh, I've gone back to torrenting because torrenting is now more convenient. Once again... It is the more convenient way of ingesting media. Yeah. And it's the more cost-effective solution. I can't afford to pay, uh, you know, five different streaming services. I, I pay for the ones that I use the most. Hmm. And I've cancelled the ones that I only use a little bit. And if something comes out on them that I really want to watch, I'm just going to torrent it. Yeah. Like, I think I'm going to get rid of Disney Plus next year. I've already got rid of I, I'm not they, giving Disney any money. They went up from $90 last year. To one hundred and forty dollars, I think they are. This I year. think they're in the. I I read this week they're um selling a controlling share of the stocks for Fox. Really? Yeah, like forty percent. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't do it all. I have to work out ways to minimize costs. But when you work as much as me, and then you see just how much the government takes from our family, I it's insane. I just don't know how anyone is living right now. No. Well, they're not. I mean, I think I said last week, I've given up on the idea of being able to save for a house. It's mm. just not, I, you know, if I, if I find, so this, this girl that I'm seeing, she, she's also a teacher. So her and I together, if we were like, this is massive down the track, but if I was to marry, say a teacher on a comparable income to me, then we can afford a house. Me by myself, 
it's it's just not even an option. Mm. Uh, so I'm I've subscribed. I've I've resigned to that that uh, difficult, but you know, compelling reality where all I really have to to live for at the moment is: <laughs> can I make enough for rent? Can I earn enough to you know live life in a fulfilling way, knowing that I'm probably not going to own a home until you know, I get some kind of inheritance or something because there's just no way I can do it on my own. I tell you, every time I come home and my partner has bought something new, like, uh, what was it the other day? Oh, this is, this is actually a really good, this is a good little story. Okay. She calls me and she goes, Hey, uh, my, so if you don't already know, my son's four, she calls me and she goes, Hey, I'm at Anaconda and they're, they're selling bikes there. I'm thinking of getting him a bike. And I, my immediate response is, oh, we don't have that much money to spend, to spend at the moment. Um, you know, I'm a bit, you know, a bit nervous about spending anything on, on something that's recreational. And yeah. especially if at this age, I, I just, I'm worried that we'd have to buy another one next year anyway. So I'm just like a bit hesitant. She says, okay, well, they need bikes for this school activity they're going to do. Like, he needs to be able to ride. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Okay, well, well, how much are we talking? She says, only $160. I'm like, $160, well, that isn't too much, I guess. And she's like, well, I, I think I've got the right size and stuff and, you know, they've got the right color here and it's the one I've been eyeing off for a while. I'm like, oh, I guess if, you know, if this sorts it out, so it's only a, one thing, at least I won't have to think too much about it. So, yeah, let's let's do it. Go ahead, get this $160 bike. She's like, oh, great. He's going to love it so much. You know, it can be ready for his first day of kindergarten uh, yep. next week. Oh, that's going to be so good. You know, at least I don't have to think too much about it. And yeah, he's got it. Yeah, good on you. The same day, um, I come out the front and there's this huge cardboard box in our driveway. And she's like, well, can you, can you build it? <laughs> I'm like, what? She's like, oh, yeah, it comes in a box. You have to make it. I'm like, what are you talking about? I thought you had the right color and stuff there. I'm like, oh, yeah, but they have it. They, she goes, they have an assembly person there, but he's he's not there today. He's he's there tomorrow. So why didn't you go back tomorrow? So now, now I'm going to have to – I've never assembled a bike – no. Now I have to stop working, right, to assemble the bike now with a deadline, which is his first day of kinder, which is in two days. Yeah. I've got to say the ignorance that is required to do that to the person who's working for the house, who's already worried about money, to then take me away from working, to build the bike I don't. I didn't even know how to voice this to her, because she was so she so did not compute that this would be a problem. Yeah. But how dumb is that? Do you know what I mean? How mixed up in the situation? Oh, I, we got to get it now because it's got a good price or whatever. She could have waited one day, and just picked it up, assembled, and put it in the back of the car. Okay. I I had the same thing. Oh my god! Oh my god! I was so fired up, mate. I, I had this exact same thing happen a few weeks back where my mum had bought this outdoor 
couch set. Have I told you this? No. She bought heard. me this. She Well, not for me. She bought this outdoor couch set. Yeah. And she's like, oh, you'll be able to help me build this one. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and It's like a fantastic furniture. Assemble me. Yeah. It's it's a corner couch mm-hmm. and a coffee table with a glass top. Ooh, but a coffee table. That's yeah. going to be a hard bit. Well, it, it was all fine. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so it's been sitting in a box for weeks. She she bought it, you know, months back, but she's only just telling me about it now. She's like, I've I've bought this, but I'm hoping that you can help me build it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. And so there's a weekend where, you know, we've got to Saturday. There's not much on and it's it's quite a nice day. It's only like, you know, 17, 18 degrees. And I think, you know what? It's a nice day. It's perfect time to build this, to build this set. And so I went and found her and said, oh, why don't I build you this? why don't I build you this set? And she's like, oh, not right now. No, nah, not now. I don't want to do it now. I don't. I'm like, well, no, you don't have to do it. I'll do it. But, you know, let's get it out and I'll I'll take a look. And she said, no, nah, no, nah, let's leave that for this weekend. I'm like, oh, all right then. And so I walked off, didn't dig another thing of it. Mm-hmm. One day passes and it's now 28 degrees. Sunny, really, really hot day and it's Sunday. And she calls out to me and says, I thought you could build me this set now. I'm like, what now? And she's like, yeah, I've already got it all out and unpacked, ready for you to go. Oh, my God. And I'm like, are you kidding? It's like 29 degrees. And she's like, yeah, no, it's perfect weather for it. I'm like, this is going to take hours. And she's like, oh, no, it'll only take you five minutes. Oh. And I said, no, it it won't. You know, there's, there's three or there's, – there's quite a lot to do here. And – She's like, well, I'll help. I'm like, well, yeah, you'll help. Okay, let's go. So we get out there and she's like, why don't we start with the coffee table? And I say, why don't we start with the instructions and just do exactly what they say? And she's like, yeah, but I just want to get this bit bit built first. I'm like, yeah, but that's on page three. I have a feeling that we're going to need things. It's, it's set out in this way for a reason. Because these flat packs, they try to save on packaging by packaging bits together and stuff. Mm-hmm. She got annoyed that I wanted to follow the the instructions. Yeah. And it's 20 degrees. She can't tell why I'm kind of annoyed that she's gone to the effort of getting all this out. And so I said, look, could you – she's, what can I do? And I said, well, could you set up the big umbrella? She's like, yep, I could do that. And so she went off and set up the umbrella and it took me a good probably two and a half hours <sighs> to get this whole set built. Uh, and I'm down on my knees, you know, working on this patio, trying to reach under with a monkey wrench to tighten these stupid little bolts. And I got it done and then she was really happy and I'm like, well, I'm glad that you've got it, but geez, why couldn't we have done this yesterday? Because it was perfect weather to do it. Today I've I've already been got sunburnt. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And again, it just comes back to there's no, there's no idea. It's just expected. I, I feel so angry for you. I, and you know the worst part for me is it's not often that I get the call before somebody actually buys something, and they give me an option. She gave me an option to say no, and 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 then talked me out of saying no. Yeah, the lesson is to always say no. <laughs> and I, no matter how hard they make it... But then they'll just stop asking because they know that it's going to be a no. 
Yeah. I honestly, I remember when my son, uh, she wanted to buy him one of those kids' kitchens. Yeah. And she talked me into it. And again, it arrived in a flat pack. And it was one of the hardest builds I've ever done. Everything's a flat pack these days. But, you know, I just assumed because it was a kid's toy that, it, you know, she'd go on a toy world and what, getting what it or something. a bike? A bike. I'm, I'm like assembling the brakes on this thing. Yeah. Can you imagine how long that took me? Did you do it? Yeah, it's done. Oh, good on you. Oh, look, I'm... I'm sorry. Like, of course, you should have just done it in your own time. She talked you out of that, and then you got sunburnt doing it in her time. Yeah. Yeah, that's bullshit. But I, I the reason why I tell that story is because I, I see a massive connection between this one and your one. Mm-hmm. Why? What would have been the problem with just taking the bike back to the shop and getting the guy to do it the next day? I should have done that. If I'd, if I'd realized what she would had done and it didn't have that time imperative on it, and the, for me, I couldn't take it back right because i was working it during the day yeah right so i can't return it so then i either have to have the conversation with her that she should have done it right the first time and i'm like or just i have to just do it you know out of hours i'm doing it between the hours of nine i think i did it from nine to eleven thirty. what if you just said look i don't have the confidence to be able to build that i think the best thing would be to take it back and get the professional to do it I, I tell you, there's no way of not talking about this because next time she asks me, she calls me and says, hey, I want to buy something. I know to always say no now. No matter what it is, always say, no, we cannot afford it. Do not under any circumstances buy it. Some There's always something like where- And she brings home a chicken shed without- uh, like that's the that you know that's still in my front yard. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like if if you if she learns that a no is always going to be the answer, she'll just stop asking and do it anyway. Oh God, I I just think I just think that the way that she thinks about that stuff is incredibly selfish, and I just think that she must have even despite the amount of times I talk to her about what I'm going through. As, as the provider, she must have no concept of what that's actually like and how stressful it is to make that money and know that, you know, I could work all day at my desk job, which is what? I'd be lucky to make 50 bucks an hour, right? Right. So across a day of seven and a half hours, you can sort of work out $350 is probably what I'm making on my desk job. Yeah. Okay. So... $350 goes pretty quick when you spend 160 of it in a day. And like, I'm not really tracking so much of what she's spending at the moment. Yeah. And I think I need to, because now I'm starting to worry that there must be lots of stuff each day that she's spending. You know, you just start, like, if you're sensitive to it, you just notice around the house. I'm like, that's new. That's new. That picture frame's new. All of that, like... I know that they, the girls need to nest and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's not the right time. And I just wish that they could get it in their heads. It is not the right time to be spending money like that. Hmm. Do, you, do they understand that we cannot afford it? And I say, I've said that to her. We cannot afford stuff like this. You need to, you need to be doing a budget. You need to be taking, you know. And it's like I, 
All that needs to happen now is now it needs to be me put in charge of making her not spend, you know? And it's she's not even that bad at it, but, like, I think she just talks herself into little things each day, okay. not realising that every single day that's another bit of money that I have to make. Mm. And I just don't have it coming in right now. Especially, oh. especially with your outlook as well, because I know that you look at any recreational time as your... Any any money that you're not earning is time that you're essentially spending. Mm. So you you look at something and you say, okay, well, I could work and earn 160 hours right now. Would I pay $160 to watch this movie and not do any work instead? Mm. And you kind of look at your life like that. Would I pay to go out for lunch today? Or would I work through lunch and earn that extra money? And there's also the other side of that, though, is that I'm also not a superhuman. And sometimes when you put it like that, I sound a bit superhuman, but I'm not. I know that like today, for instance, I worked uh, about 16 hours yesterday. Okay. Okay. So I knew going into today, I was probably going to sleep in. And I did. I slept until like 9.30. Yep. All right. And then, and then I was thinking, well, I've got... So I've got from, let's say, 10 till 6, that's that's my working time. I'm going to be able to get stuff done in that time. But honestly, after working a 16-hour day the night before, I'm my efficiency is going to be a lot less. I'm probably going to be lazier. I'm, you know, and I try to let myself let myself do what I need to do in order to survive. So, so like today, I... I said, just stay focused, get this video done, get this video. I just kept talking to myself. But then I just ran out of steam around one, right? Yeah. And I'm like, I can either go to bed or I can just work on something that's not this. So I did my accounts, right? Didn't need to do my accounts this weekend. But it was like, I needed a distraction. I needed to still be contributing to the house for my own sanity. And so I did that for about an hour finished that and then I was like okay I'm not ready yet to go back on with this this project the other project involves me like reading through a script yeah. and then aligning text in the in the video editor so it's like it's just a it's a terribly boring one and I just couldn't do it so I then went and I I did some work for my desk job during the week and the idea I guess would be that Maybe I don't. I have less to do in the desk job this week and tomorrow and stuff. I might message my boss and say, "Hey, I got this done on the weekend, so maybe I'll I'll take Wednesday morning off or something." Yeah. And I knew I needed to do that. Now, honestly, it would have been better if I did the job that had the the quickest deadline, but I just couldn't. You know, today I just couldn't. Hmm. And sometimes it's like that. I just I'm too cooked. Ah. And when I say it like that, you know, it's just, I just really, I really wish my partner was able to really understand what that's like. And unless she did it herself, she won't, you know? Yeah. You can get yourself in that state. Now, uh, are you ready for another review? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to check my list because I read a few. <laughs> All right. Oh, actually, this is this is a bit of a follow up. For those that don't know, I can't smell things. It's anas. What's it called? You're anasmic. I have isolated 
congenital anosmia. Right. Okay. They are rare in families with no family history of the condition. My grandma also has it. Mm. Yeah. In these people, the exact underlying cause of the condition is unknown. Scientists suspect that the condition is due to an abnormal development of the olfactory system, the sensory system used for the sense of smell before birth. These can be abnormalities in the nasal cavity, which I do have, and disturbances in the pathway that carries information from the nose to the brain or malformations of the brain that process the sense of smell. Now, I went, I read through all of this, and it turns out that it's also, you know, the, the people who um, sometimes you see them on medical shows and stuff that don't feel pain? Yeah. It's apparently the same part of the brain. And the reason that I have isolated, that's where the isolated comes from, because it only relates to the sense of smell. So and it doesn't, it doesn't relate to the other parts that it, it's like... It's so close to, but it, so in a way, I'm very lucky that I still feel pain and stuff like that. Those people can't, you know, they basically can't tell what's happening with their bodies at all. Yeah. It'd be a really dangerous way to live. Yeah. But I just, I was reading through that and I was like, oh, right. That makes a lot of sense. Mm. And it's some, uh, like it talks about some mutations in the genes and stuff like that. But uh Yeah. Uh, from birth. There you go. Makes me kind of think you're like Daredevil. Uh, I yeah, I'm definitely like Daredevil. That's <laughs> that's exactly what's happening. You know, you've lost. You you don't have that sense of smell, but by not having that sense of smell, you're never going to dry reach because of bad smell. <laughs> that's true. You've got like a superhuman ability to not feel sick mm. at bad smell. Yeah, and I honestly, out of all the senses to not have, it seems like the the better one. It seems like a lot of people out there have, you know, they sense they have bad, a lot of bad smells out there. But at the same time, I also have no warning sign for if I smell, and or if you know the the meat is off. You no, know, the meat is off. I can't smell bad milk. I have to taste it. Ah, uh, yep, yeah. I can't smell if uh, if yeah if, if like a small goods packet had gone off I wouldn't know until I ate it. You'd never know if there was a dead body in the room unless nah. you saw it. No. Nah. Uh, mm. Yeah. Okay. It kind of sucks too. Then I guess. Actually, do you want to hear a story about when we first realised as a household that I definitely had no sense of smell? <laughs> yeah. I lived in a farmhouse and my mum came home from her job she was yelling in the front yard and I come out of the house because I'd walked home from school yeah and she's like what is that smell I'm like what are you talking about so it's it smell it smells in the house what's going on I'm like I have no idea oh you know I would have been 11 or 12 I would say I'm like I don't know she's like I can't even go in the house it smells like something died in there how long have you been in the house? I'm like, oh, two hours since I got home from school. Yep. And I didn't even notice. Turns out an entire family of rats had taken poison, had had poison somewhere and then died. And the it was a pregnant mum. Oh. And the entire family had died in our wine cellar. And the entire house smelt 
right? Yeah. It's an old farmhouse, but uh, yeah. How do you get to 11 or 12, though, without questioning, oh, these people are saying they're smelling something right now? Did you think that you were smelling things before that? or I remember one time when I was about five when my mum would tell me to smell a, smell a flower and I would just get really upset with her because I couldn't tell what was going on. <laughs> right. But other than that, my entire life, nobody really mentioned smell. Mm. And I think people, people when they get a bit older and towards adult, adulthood talk about the way things smell a little bit. But in kids, no, they don't really talk about it that much. They say, oh, that smells like poo or something. Oh, somebody farted. Ha, ha, ha. But um, they don't, you don't, as the kid, need to be out of smell. Mm. There you go. I, um, uh, see, on the opposite, I've got a really sensitive. You you do have a really sensitive. Nosmia, whatever you call it. And I, uh, yeah, to the to the point, though, where I, I can tell if I'm going to like food. Just by the way it smells. And a lot of people say, well, you haven't even tried it yet. It's like, I don't need to try it. I can smell that I'm not going to like it. Yeah. And people look at me like I'm a moron, but it's true. Very. I think there's, I could count the number of times on one hand when the smell versus the taste have not matched up. <laughs> and it's usually something bizarre anyway, like a type of cheese or something where it smells one way and tastes another way. But everything else, you can, you can just tell. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm really sick of people pretending that you can't, because people say, "Well, try it, just try it," and it's like, "No, I can smell. I don't like it." Oh shit! My partner, she's got a really good sense of smell as well. Yep. I also I often will brush my teeth and stuff like that to make sure that if I've eaten, you know, meaty stuff, yep, it doesn't bother her too much. But I'll tell you something. This is this got to stay just between us. She, and everybody else in the world that's listening. She th- don't don't tell anyone. All right. She, so she's vegan, right? Yeah. She thinks I smell great. She always says I smell great on days that I've eaten KFC. Like it's the first time it happened because I hadn't had KFC in a long time, right? Probably a year or so. And I went and had some KFC, and she told me I smelled great that day. She she loved it. Right. And then I was like, what is going on there? The only thing that's different is the KFC. And I tell you, every time she says I've smelt good from the last five years is only been because I had KFC that day. Can she smell it on your breath? I think it must be something to do with the MSG in it. Yeah. That it must it must alter the way you smell. But like it's just the the for me it's this dirty secret that I know and I didn't want don't want to ruin it for her. No. Because she doesn't know, but one of her favorite smells is fried chicken. Dead chicken. <laughs> but like I don't want her to know, you know, because it obviously she Oh god, it would be so devastating for her. Oh well. Um I, yeah, I won't tell her. That's fine. Yeah, don't tell her. <sighs> um, I did want to follow up with a re-review. Do you remember us talking about um, The Last of Us 2? Yeah. Well, I replayed it. Yep. As it, It's just been remastered and released. Mm-hmm. Played it from start to finish on the re- remastered edition performance mode. 
I've got to say, it's fantastic. And the criticisms I had about the editing where I said it was too long, I think maybe the first time I played it, I must have played it on too hard a difficulty. And playing it now, I'm not even sure it's longer than the first one. I breezed through it on very easy mode, and I got a much better sense of the cohesion of the story um, because it just felt uh, much less bogged down. It's great. It's a it's flawless. I reckon the last time you would have played it, though, you were going for the trophies and you would have been playing it on the extra ultra hard difficulty. I don't think so. I think last time I only played it on normal. And the reason is that the there's a couple of trophies in the game that made me think that I wouldn't actually get all the trophies on it. And if that that's the case, I don't play it the same way. Right. So I would say that I never, I don't like having to collect the collectibles in the Last of Us games. I did it on the first one. I certainly didn't like the permadeath and grounded modes. Yeah. Uh, doing the Last of Us one in grounded mode was one of the hardest things I've ever played on a game. It's just unfair. Like you spawn in, you load in, and then you're just instantly killed. And then you just got to hope that you get the gun up in time. You got to hope that the piece of ammo you picked up two levels ago will will help you enough in this situation. Yeah. And then occasionally in the grounded mode, you would get yourself into situations where it would save where you literally could not live. There's nothing you could do. Yeah. I had been playing Uncharted 4 on the hardest difficulty as well. And my save on Uncharted 4 is on a level that is impossible to beat. It's the, the where the save location is. Yeah. I think unless I go back to the beginning of the level and I pick up more ammo or something, it is not possible to complete that game from that save. I've never played the Uncharted games. Okay. I hear they're good, though. Good story. Well, it's like Indiana Jones. Yeah, I like Indiana Do you want to play an Indiana Jones game? I think game? it's more like National Treasure, isn't it? Mm, no, it certainly feels more Indiana Jones than National Treasure. Okay. I mean, the subject matter is a little bit National Treasure, but the... Uh, the I'd like to give it a go. Yeah. Well, would you start in number one? I don't know. Is it dated? Is it... Does it Hold up. Uh, graphically, it doesn't, I don't think. But the stories are great. Maybe it, I'll just do the story on YouTube. Yeah. Maybe do that except for Uncharted 4 and actually play 4. Okay. Although Uncharted 2 is really special. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it'd probably be worth playing Uncharted 2. All right. Oh, you might as well, mate. They're not that long. You, you should do it. 10 hours each, I reckon. Well, that, yeah, that's my next question. I can't. So 40 hours, you get all four games done. Yeah. Okay. That's that's good gaming right there. I I've here's here's something for you. I've just been charged um like $80 from PlayStation. For what? Probably renewal of my subscription. Oh fuck. But I don't own a PlayStation. Yeah, that sucks. It's like, well, I've already been charged it. I'm going to have to just wear it. Yeah, I'm sorry to say I'm that, mate. Kind of at the point now where it's like maybe I'll just buy another PlayStation. Mm. Well, they're not that expensive, but you might still be paying. Six hundred dollars. Six hundred bucks. Yeah. Wait, can you wait until just a week or two until you get a bit more money in? Well, yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm not in a hurry for it. I don't even have a TV. Yeah. So I've all all of my stuff is still in transit from the UK. I've been back in Australia for about six months now, yeah. and it's all sitting at the port waiting for customs to do an assessment. 
Mm. And it's been there for the last two months. <laughs> God, your life. Yeah. I got, I got one more uh, little news bit from this week to do with gaming that's pretty funny. All right. So Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. That game's coming out, I think it came out yesterday or so. Okay. It was, it's sometime earlier this week. Um, they had an issue where everyone who played the the premium edition, which gave them three days early access, yep. it automatically beat their game for them. How, how so? It, the premium edition, when it unlocked, automatically completed the story for them. And that that's the glitch. How, how do you mean it? So it, when they opened the game, they were in the end game? Yes, with the story complete. They spawned into the end game? Yep. But surely they can just make a new save. Uh, I, I don't know all of the details, but all they could do was take the game offline, which they did. Remember, this is an early access period, so they're meant to be getting the benefit of their $150 edition of this game. Yeah. And they had they, Rocksteady had to take the game down in order to fix their thing so they had access to the full game. Right. Because instead of it being completed... What a great story of failure that is. That's uh, I think that's a new one. Mm. Never heard of getting given a finished game. It's it's funny though because I remember as a kid going to the game shop and hiring out a Nintendo cartridge and getting to play the saves of other people. Oh yeah, and that was awesome. Yeah, it was great. I used to love it too. And sometimes, if you're really lucky, you'd, it'd come with the instruction manual and in the back of the manual, people put in, like, cheat codes. Mm-hmm. And, that, yeah, that was a really, really great time of life because you, when you're that age, I was, like, eight. I couldn't finish games to that level. So no. it was great to play somebody else's save and give me access to a whole different part of the game that I could normally get to. <laughs> I gotta say, we we might have to wrap this up. We gotta get you your first day of work tomorrow. I've got my first day of work tomorrow. Yep. All right. Um, I've got a really good story for next week, though. It's to do with my son's first day of kinder. Oh, okay. Okay. So, say we'll save that for next week. <laughs> it's like a sneak preview. Uh, sneak preview. Well, do you want to do the wrap up? All right. Thank you for listening. Bye now. Yeah, it, it's so heartless the way you do it. Okay. Thank you for listening. This is Jake and Tom. Thank you very much. Uh, I okay. Feel like, I feel like we should say, you know, write in the, the Pun Pals podcast at oh, yeah, gmail.com. Okay. So this is Pun Pals podcast signing off. We have an email address. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't sound so. You sound so insincere, though. <laughs> <sighs> this is how I talk. Yeah. I, look, guys, I don't think we're going to sign off. We're not going to get there. Okay. Um, well, you've been listening to us. We, we we love that you've been along for the ride. We would love for you to email in and we will listen and give feedback. No one's done it yet, but that's okay. <laughs> Be the first. Be the first. And what, what's the what's the email address? Oh. You can do it. Punpalspodcast at gmail.com. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Goodbye. Bye.